Nice to be here together again as the people of God. Amen. What's the reason why are we here this morning? Anybody knows it? What? To worship the Lord, to bless the Lord. Hallelujah. And that's why when you come on Saturday morning, let your heart be filled with the Spirit and with the joy of the Lord that you can lift up His name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good. Now, um, something I have to mention quickly. Uh, last Sunday, we got... Last night. Oh, yeah. oh yes, last night. Last night, we got uh, a... Uh, phone call or rather a message uh, seven times and there was a call from Bangladesh uh, obviously I haven't heard anything in Bangladesh they had yes who has got it yeah yeah no for Margie uh, yes but uh, we got it too and uh, I don't know whether the church got it. Um, so perhaps uh, single people. Yeah? And I, w I, I want to mention this. There's obviously a big flood. What extent, I don't know. But uh, these uh, help cries were very massively. So and I think we, we, we should do something. At least pray for them and uh, the whole crop and so on, or the crop of many is in danger. So uh, uh, I think our missionary is no longer there, is he? He went back to England because of health reasons, was it that thing? And I think we should all stand up right now and pray for these dear people in Bangladesh. Unfortunately, none of us, us have been there, but perhaps it would be a good idea to go there one day and visit them. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you. You have everything in control. You know your body, your people, your church, Lord Jesus. We thank the Lord that we can bring right now in this very moment to you, Lord Jesus, our dear brothers and sisters in Bangladesh. Oh Lord, you see this catastrophe, Lord. The waters, the floods, the damages, the lives that been taken. Oh Lord, I pray by, by your spirit that you might strengthen our brothers and sisters there. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you also can command the wind to blow the waters in the opposite direction. Lord, you can do it. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that all our brothers and sisters might be protected. And Lord, that we perhaps as soon as possible can do also something materially. Oh Lord, I thank you for your loving kindness. Be with them right now in this very moment.
Amen. 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 You may be seated. Thank you very much. Okay, keep praying for this. And uh, we will find out what we can do. And uh, perhaps it would be nice if we could do some financial support too. Now, I'm glad to be here this morning. The Lord is good. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I'm, my turn is to preach again. And it's right so. Right so. Good I didn't go into the hospital. So if I would have gone, our dear brother Gary would have had to preach. And his voice is not the best at the moment. So, okay. Praise the Lord. Okay, this morning I want to preach a sermon. Lumberjack. Okay, now. Good, thank you very much. Okay, I want to speak this morning on a sermon. Lumberjack or gardener? Let's see what Jesus said. Okay, and uh, let's read Luke 13, the verses 6 to 9. And he began telling this parable. A man had a fig tree which had been planted in his vineyard. And he came looking for fruit on it and did not find any. And he said to the vineyard keeper, Behold, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this tree without finding any. Cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground? And he answered and said to him, Let it alone, sir, for this year too, until I dig around it and put in fertilizer. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, cut it down. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, for the word Jesus spoke. And Lord, I pray that you will give us this morning understanding of the things you want to emphasize this morning in our hearts. Lord, I thank you that you are divine gardener. Oh Lord Jesus, you are the one who looks after our souls. And I pray this morning that every heart might be blessed. I thank you for your word. Give grace to speak. Give grace to listen. And also I pray, give grace to act upon your word in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. 
Now Jesus is telling us here a parable about a fig tree. Have you thought about it? What does a fig tree do in a vineyard? Perhaps a tree in the wrong, wrong place. And he tells the parable this. You know a parable says mainly one very important thing. We can't interpret a parable into the details. It's something we learned in Bible college very early. And he said, I, I've come here for three years and I want to have fruit of this fig tree. And I found, I found none. I found none. God blessed every creature and God is demanding fruit and he has the right to do so. That means, in other words, and Jesus says, I've planted you that you should bring fruit. If a Christian doesn't bring fruit, it's a fruitless Christian. And God has made everything in, in nature with fruit. You know? And God said very clearly, God blessed every creature and said, be fruitful and multiply and Fill the earth. So God wants to have fruit. That's from every creature and also plants. And even from the fish in the sea, God said. And he blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters of the sea. Anybody here who likes to go fishing. No one? My wife and I like. And you? Yeah? What do you like it by, by fishing? Get a fish. Or do you just bait the worms? That's not a purpose of fishing. When you throw, you run out, you want to have something on the fish. But if God wouldn't have blessed all the fish to multiply and fill the waters, then you only would go bathing worms and not fishing. But I tell you what, the most exciting thing is with the fishing, not put a, a worm on the hook, is when you get a bite. Yeah? When you get a bite. And then you get nervous and you try to do it and you get it in and finally you get it in. Sometimes I had it too. I had it just above the ground and then it fell off down into the water. That's not the purpose of fishing, is it? The purpose is to get something. And if God would have not made it so that fish will multiply and fill the water... It's purposeless to go and fish because there are no fish. But God made it so when everything is fruitful, should be fruitful and bring fruit. Now fruit is the only proof 
of real repentance. Did you know that? John the Baptist, he was there on the Jordan. He was preaching and baptizing people came and confessed their sin. Oh, that was something great. I wish such a kind of revival would come. This was great. It was so great that even as we read in Matthew 3, 7 and 8, and we read there the scripture, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, wonderful, now you have checked it. Now you, uh, you understood now what my purpose is here. No. What did he say? Okay, I'm going to read it what the Bible says. He said to them, You brood of wipers who want you to flee from the wrath to come. And what was his demand here? What was his demand? He said, Therefore bear fruit in keeping repentance. Fruit is something before God that counts something. And this was the absolute requirement in order to get saved. Is the fruit of repentance. Did you ever bring fruit of repentance in your life? Did you? Fruit is important. And I tell you, repentance is something wonderful. Hallelujah! Anybody knows what repentance is? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you can cry over your sin and you feel the depths and the ugliness, ugliness of your sin. And you cry over it. And you cry to God. Oh God, have mercy on me. Do you know? These are the most wonderful experiences a Christian can make when he repents before God. Even after you went through the narrow gate, we still then need sometimes repentance too. I've experienced repentances in times I was a minister already. But when the Spirit of God came over me and I saw what I was, where I was wrong, I saw how cold my heart was. And I cried before God that these are sweet tears. Hallelujah. Then you know God answers you, understand it. And that's what John the Baptist said. Bearing fruit in keeping with repentance. Now this was a vineyard and in this vineyard there was a tree planted. Israel is God's showpiece. Do you understand it? Israel is God's showpiece. What God did on Israel, He will do on the church too. 
and we can learn from Israel. And that's important to look also into the Old Testament and understand the way God is handling and dealing with things. That's the way we must deal also in the church. That's so important. Now I have to tell you when we as young Bible students finished Bible college. Uh, a few weeks ago, two of my friends were here, were here in the front. You remember them? Yes. We were together in Bible college. And then when we finished Bible college, we wouldn't put right away into a church somewhere and go and do your best. No, no, no. In Germany, we were put together with an old, older pastor, experienced pastor. And uh, so then we were together with them and we had to learn uh, to lead the young people and it was very important that our conduct to the opposite sex was so clean. We couldn't allow ourselves any any things. You know, you knew if you muck it up and start a friendship with a girl and after three, four weeks you drop her again, oh, that means you never ever will be, never ever will be ordinated. Because we were there about a, a certain time, some longer, some less, Till the ordination, about three years. And then we learned from the pastor how to do it in the church. We learned from them. And that was good. We were then involved mainly in summer in tent meeting. Anybody knows that? What it means? First of all, erecting the tent and then minding the tent, watching the tent, and having children's ministry, all these things we had to do. And then, in the evening, the evangelists came and preached them. And we were sitting behind a curtain in the tent. We had a little part uh, parted off for us where we slept, and we had also to... Uh, uh, watch the tent at night. And then when the evangelists came, then we went behind the curtain and then we started writing. What was he preaching? And then we wrote down. And if it was boring, of course, uh, he didn't write anything. But if the word of God came forth, and I tell you, we had wonderful, good evangelists. Good evangelists. And they preached. And I tell you what, there were a few evangelists I knew, knew by heart. There were older men, one old man. But what a man of God. What a man of God. Almost each sun or each evening in the tent, people got saved. The word of God 
cut through. Hallelujah. And then we were writing. That's where we learned more about hermeneutic, about homiletics, and how to put up actually a sermon, how to put it together. And then you should have every now and then when you want to make something very clear and li a little example that people could understand. That's important. That's what Jesus did. Jesus brought, uh, brought parables in, in order to make it clear to people. Yes? Now in the scripture we just read, this man said, well, he said to the vineyard keeper, I've come for three years for no fruit. You know what? Cut it down. It's no good. We sometimes give up too quickly. Never give up too quickly. But a vineyard gardener, he said, no, give it one more year, another chance, and I will do something. I will dig around the tree. I will fertilize it. And then after one year, if it hasn't brought fruit in any way, then cut it down. In other words, you cut it down. I'm not putting any eggs on the tree. I will do on work on this tree. And if it brings fruit, good so. If not, then you do it. I've seen sometimes churches and pastors they want to have a clean church. A clean church. The church that is cleaned by the blood of the Lamb and stays in contact with Jesus stays clean. Hallelujah. And they say, we have to have strong laws. Iron rules. You know what it is? I call them lumberjack. You know what a lumberjack is? <coughs> what is that? No, not legalism. A lumberjack. You know what it is? These are the men from Canada and America. You know, they have this lumberjack jacket. It's nice and thick for the winter there. And all they know is a chainsaw. And a... Okay? And their glory is the more they cut, the better they earn. Isn't it? They are not interested 
whether this tree could be made fruitful or not. Down, cut it down. Cut it down. He said, cut it down. It is hindering the land. And we see, he says, no. 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 Give him another chance. Let him be for one more year too until I dig around and fertilize. Hallelujah. You know, brothers and sisters, we have got all our responsibility for each other. And if you see a brother sinning, Read chapter 6, Galatians. If you see a brother sitting, I think verse 1, help him or her sister in a gentle spirit. Don't get your chainsaw out. Get your wine bottle out or your oil bottle to oil the wound or to disinfect the wound. Let the chainsaw in the box. Don't get it out. Now, we see here Jesus said and I believe he is the one who is the vineyard keeper. It is not my vineyard. It is his vineyard. Not I am the Lord or the head of this church. Jesus is the head of the church. Amen? Can we understand it? Can it be forever? As long as the Lord keeps his church, he is the head of the church. Hallelujah. People say something. Oh, I go to Pastor Werner's church. Wrong. Pastor Werner hasn't got a church. Neither has Pastor Gary a church. Have you a church? No. It is the Lord's church. Hallelujah. I hear they were all, always when I'm amongst pastors and so on, my church and so No. I don't use this term any longer. My church. It's the church of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And it happened to be that I belong to this church too. <laughs> You're my brother. You're my sister. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Now this was planted, Israel was planted by God. And Israel was planted where it is now. And I must say, all you Muslims, all you Syrians, and all you Turks, 
get used to it. This tree has been planted by God there where it is now. Amen? Get used to it. I know Israel didn't bring fruit. Although Jesus did everything, he gave us life for Israel. And the the women were crying when he went out to Calvary. He said, don't cry about me, cry about you. If this thing is being done on the green wood, what will happen on the dry wood? And he meant Israel. What happened? And I tell you what, God is going to get right with Israel his way. Amen? Hallelujah. We pray for Israel. And, and God is doing something. And I believe God has tended Israel so carefully. And his t- attention is now on Israel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't worry what happened to, uh, by, by the ISIS and all these things. They will learn a pretty good lesson one day. They will learn a good lesson one day. No, don't cut this tree down. Don't do it. And we see here, Jesus did everything. And we know in chapter 36 of Matthew, where Jesus is speaking about the treasure in the field. You know this, this parable, yes? The treasure in the field. What happened to the treasure? The treasure belongs to him who bought it. And who is that? Jesus. God has Israel still in his hand. Hallelujah. Now, John the Baptist He preached very clear and said, what did he need? What did he want? Fruit of repentance and keeping with repentance. Wasn't there. When Jesus preached almost the same sermon as John the Baptist. When he started preaching in the beginning of Mark, we read, what was he preaching? Repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, Jesus put here his veto in. Can I say this? Cut it down. And Jesus, the vineyard or vineyard, keeper. Lifted up his hand. What did he say? No, sir. Give him 
and my words. Another year. And if there is fruit, then so be it. It's good then. And even if there is no fruit, not I, but then cut it down. I'm not cutting this tree down. And we see this is the principle of God. Although John the Baptist said it very clearly in Matthew 3.10, the axe is already laid at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. At his time, it was already high time. I remember a good friend of mine, he was not here, but he has got a sister in, in uh, Queensland somewhere. And when he was um, uh, a tent deacon, that's what we were called, when we came from Bible College, and we slept in the tent, and uh, we had to watch the tent. When the rain came, then we have to lo- had to loosen the ropes. And when the rain was gone, we had to lift up the ropes and the roof again. I, I know all these things. I learned it when I was a one, uh, 21 years or so, a young boy. And then he had also similar experience. And there was an evangelist from Canada, and he pressed, of course, we were laughing about. Sometimes pastors have also little jokes, interesting things. And this was an elderly man, and he preached and he read this scripture. And he said, we have here the wonderful text. Cut him down. Did you realize something? No. I could have let you astray too this morning. Did you realize something? Pardon? <laughs> so if I would have said it this, here we have the wonderful text. Cut it down. What is this hindering the land? And everybody says, if I would have said if I would have said it in a certain flow, everybody would have said what? Amen. That's a routine, isn't it? It's a routine. Especially if the pastor says, and everybody says, you know? And he said, this is what I learned. It's not a wonderful text. It's a text that is 
condemnation upon the tree. But the wonderful thing is the other one. Don't cut it down. I'm going to dig around the tree and get fertilizer in. And then after one year, then you could look and if there's fruit, praise the Lord. Let it be. And if there's no fruit, it's up to you, Lord. It's up to you, Lord. You understand? I'm not cutting this tree. Now the grace of Jesus is working in our lives. Israel is in this situation. If I could see Israel as this fig tree being planted on an awkward place, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be living in Israel now. I just go there and say it's wonderful, it's nice, because the Lord is protecting Israel. And the Lord always had his hand over Israel. But Brother Robert, the day is going to come with this fig tree. Israel will bring fruit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Read about the millennium and there's plenty of fruit then in Israel. I got a present from our dear brother Dr. Martin Edmund uh, and it's called Das Tausendjährige Reich. Only German understood it. Yes? But I tell it what it says in English. The millennium the millennium reign of Jesus Christ. And if you read there, I tell you what a bountiful fruit will be gathered in Israel. And all the fruit that will be there, that means something. You know what it means? There will be life. And the youth meeting started, I will start then, in the age of 80. <laughs> yes, yes. An 80-year-old person will be still called a young person, a youth. That's what God does then. Okay, do you have worries? God doesn't get it. He gets us. Wonderful plane. Hallelujah. Don't cut it down. Dig around. If you have a brother or sister and you think, oh Lord, he or she is in trouble. Should I give up on her? Should I give up on her? Do you want to join?
lumberjack? Do you want to join the lumberjack? No. Let me dig around and fertilize it. And God is digging now around Israel, if I may use this metaphorically. And the day is going to come, hallelujah, where Israel will bring its food to his master. Hallelujah. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your loving kindness, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you brought us grace. Lord, my own life was not fruitful. Lord Jesus, you have mercy with me and had mercy with you. Lord, we want to practice mercy with everyone. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you will bring us closer to you in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.